the answers, you know, or any answers. It's all, it's still a huge mystery. And like, I could, I could sit here and answer all your questions still with, I don't know. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We're going to be chatting with Justin and Keenan a little bit later. Of course, Keenan is from Alberta, Sasquatch, and Justin is from Mountain Beast Mysteries. Keenan is in the studio, and Justin is on the Zoom uh, from Edmonton, actually quite local, more local than most of our guests, 99% of them. Keenan is actually in the studio, got hot in here with the extra person. It's funny how hot it gets with just one extra person, but in another month, it's going to be cold, so we <laughs> won't have that problem. Some tells me it's going to be a hell of a winter, too. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we'll be chatting to those. It's a fun chat. We'll be chatting to those guys in about 30 minutes whenever we wrap up our lazy ramblings here. You guys can uh, skip ahead, timestamp in the show notes if you don't want to listen to our bullshit. Support the show before you do that. GrimAmerica.ca slash support. Uh, and without further ado, we got Graham Short Shorts Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. This is a fun chat. Did you do yeah. any piss jugging today? Nope. Went for a really long drive, but no, I just get out now. I don't know. 10 I hours? To, I guess because it's not minus 30. Usually the piss jug is only in the minus 30. It's a winter thing? 30. Yeah, it's a winter thing. You dispose, but I don't mind getting out in the minus 30. Do you dispose of the piss jug appropriately? Sure. Or do you just chuck yeah, it out the window? Sure. Yeah. Well, I tried to chuck out the coffee today. It went all over the side of the car. It was terrible. Well, you're driving? I did, yeah. You tried to? Yeah, I tried to pour it out. Oh, you're driving? What the fuck do you think was going to happen? I just, I know it's happened before with, you know, alcoholic drinks and stuff. And it just, yeah, I should have known better. Yeah, you really should have. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I learned. So how was your drive? It was good. Yeah. I'm going to go for one of those next weekend. Yeah. I'm going to go to Kalispell. Nice. For the night. Yeah. To friend of the show, Cyrus. Well, I'm going to the Sasquatch thing coming up. Speaking of this, like, so friends of ours, Brian from the Hat and Jason, Jason, who's already connected with Keenan here at Alberta Sasquatch, because Jason's had a couple experiences with, Brian the, K. With, the, with the furry beast. Brian K. Brian, yeah, Brian from the Hat. Uh, oh, yeah, we got some mail. That's some mail. We got some P.O. Box stuff. P.O. Box. I like it. Yeah, finally had some stuff in the P.O. Box show up. I sent out the swag for the July. I sent out the July swag. I'll send out the August swag next week. So yeah, we're gonna go camping maybe, or they're they're doing some camping in the in the area that I think Keenan was talking about on this show. There's a southern, like a southwestern place in Kananaskis, kind of south of Calgary. It's a hot spot. I gotta get a hold of Jason. They saw they saw a UFO there as well. So UFOs and Sasquatches. So I gotta go Don't out while I, I gotta go out while while we can. You know, I'm gonna actually text Jason because September I've got a definite schedule, so it'd be a good time for me to go out Sasquatch hunting. Yeah. And see Sedian and joint smoking. Oh, yeah? You're going to do some CE5? Yeah. I'm going to go with Jay, yeah. I didn't yeah. text him. He's been trying to get me out all summer. He's trying to do the green uh, CE5. What's it? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Which is fine. Next right. level. I'm going to come back here with some stories. Oh, you're not allowed. Well, you can't come. <laughs> you can only come if you smoke. Yeah. I can't I'm say that, actually. I'm it's Jason's up. party. I'm yeah, not going to make up rules. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably love to have you. Well, he'll be there. Maybe you should come out uh, with me on one of those nights. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's already September coming up. I mean, it's just like summer slipping out of our grasp. I know. And then the next, actually, at least in in Alberta, uh, Cal, uh, October and November can be fairly decent before it socks in for six months of full on. Yeah, and September will probably be pretty good too. So, yeah, but it is unseasonably cold for the last couple of weeks. Like during the day, it still gets hot, but at night, it's fucking cold, dude. 
Well, the earth is on fire, Darren. The Amazon. The 16-year-old says it's true. How's she Our doing? The earth is on fire. Is she still going? She is still She's alive and well. Sailing. No one's heard from her in a while. She's saving carbon because four of her guys got to fly back home. You know, the crew members got to fly back. So nice job on saving the carbon. She's not sailing back? I don't know how she's getting back. Okay. But the guys that took her on the boat, I mean, it's not like she's just sailing it on her own. I can't wait to have Tony Heller on. He's coming on the show. He's going to show August us some, 28th. some. One of his YouTube videos is pro, is perfect. The July, the fakest, fakest weather on record. <laughs> hey, do me a favor while you're there. Go to grandamerica.ca slash support. I want to see if I fix the monthly. Right now? Like, yeah, why not? You want me right yeah, now to do it? Try it out. Live test. Okay. Stress test. Okay. So I finally got the, the, the PayPal monthly subscriptions. I've been down for a while because I couldn't get a fix. I got it fixed uh, earlier today, actually. So you can head over to grandamerica.ca slash support again and sign up for PayPal. You punch in uh, whatever you want. You have the option. I think I, there's a couple options there, 555, 777, and 1111. Or beside that, there'll be a box you can click on, and then you can put in whatever you want, and it'll become a monthly donation. Okay, it took me to here. Okay, yeah, so go down to that white box. I know okay. the font's a little off. Oh, I haven't, yeah, the font's I haven't really figured out how to light, fix that so, yet, but I'll get so there. So it's defaulting on 555 a month for some reason. Yeah, that's okay. Go over to the custom box there. Custom box? Uh, put other? In whatever you other? Want. Yeah. Okay. Enter amount in the black box. Yeah, some yeah. colors need to be switched. Well, I'm around. not a fucking coder, bro. Can you fix it for me, actually? I meant <laughs> no, to ask I it. Can I fix it for you? No, yeah. I can't. How am I going to fix it for you? That's exactly. That's my point. Okay, I'm trying it out here. What'd you put in for a number? Never mind. Well, let's see. Log in to uh, do the PayPal. Work then. Don't actually don't do it. As long as it got well, that I can far. Do it. I'll gonna, do it. You're going to sign up for a monthly to your own podcast? Is that a monthly? Yeah. Automatically? Yeah. If you, I'll do it. We'll check. We'll test the whole system. All right. Okay. Logging in. Doing so it's it. important to support the show. One of the reasons it's important to support the show is because I finally got the right server bought today. I'd actually bought the wrong server in Europe last month. Really? It took a whole like almost 30 days to get through that whole process. And in the end, I ended up having to pay for the new one anyway. But then they're going to apply. Thanks to friend of the show, George, they're going to apply monthly credit. In the for the money that I spent on the wrong server, so my stupidity will be reimbursed. So something's, anyway, something's wrong with my PayPal. Uh oh, yeah, damn it. <laughs> Your PayPal or the website? My my PayPal. Okay, well we need someone else to test that for us. Uh, so um, anyway, I'm working on that because it's been a real mess. Supportgramerica.com. So with all of our Stripe infrastructure has been on a Squarespace site. And then everything else, contact at the Cabin website, the Grimerica websites, a few other websites, are, have all been on DreamHost, which is super expensive. So I was actually able to, it costs a couple hundred bucks to get it set up, 300 bucks to get it set up, but the new server is about half the price. And uh, it's secure. It's not under third party. It's straight, direct, our own thing. And I started, so that'll have, we'll, we'll lose the Squarespace description, all that stuff will switch over. Probably within the next three weeks to a month, we'll migrate everything over to the new servers and delete that. And we'll be uh, as secure as we can get from a website perspective. Nice. Yeah. That's great. And uh, George is getting ready to transfer all of our domains from GoDaddy to a place that's a little more secure. It's a good time to do that. Yeah, we're doing all that. And then I'm also looking at, so for about, for another 40 or 50 bucks a month, 
we could get a smaller server that we can we're going to set up uh, our own chats on. Because like I was saying last time, it's better to do that now than to wait until Discord shuts down. Well, shuts yeah, because, dude, Google, there's a lot coming out with Google right now. If we don't there's do a it, lot coming yeah. out with Google, and there's major, major issues with big tech all across the board. And Worst honestly, case scenario, like, we have a year or two to transition everyone over. Yeah. But it's better than the alternative as you just, we just be ignorant about it, and then in a year, Discord's like, nope. And then, you know, we lose that whole community and try and rebuild it from scratch. So a couple of things to look for in the near future. We'll start migrating the RSS feed over to our own servers. Does that mean like the chats has to like actually like re like shut down and restore? Or can we just transfer the back end? No, I don't the... think there's going to be any way to transfer the back end. Really? It's like you have to tell people to go to a new chat. But it's better like... to do it now than later. I mean, we get bigger. We get a little bigger every day. Can everybody just automatically shuffle over there? I don't think so. Because it's oh. not like we're going to a different Discord even. Like we're gonna go, we're going to our own private server. We've got a community member that's willing to build the chats on our own server, so that you know we're. It's immune. still Discord though, right? No. Oh, it's not it'd even be, Discord. No, to be a oh, whole new thing. I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, this is the problem. If you don't get off of the services that you're complaining about, then I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. I know. So anyway, that's what that's what we're gonna move towards. And for a while, we'll have them both running. The RSS feed's going to switch over. We'll have them both running indefinitely, probably. But we'll, you know, we'll just be in a position, always be in a position that, that at least, uh, you know, even all the way down to our media is hosted on our own servers. So as long as they don't go in and nuke that, we'll be immune. We should be immune to most forms of uh, knock on wood censorship. Yeah. Well, the PayPal worked right now. Did it? Yeah. Excellent. I mean, that's the next big problem is like PayPal and Stripe and all these places just shutting right down. But they, maybe they won't. I mean, there hasn't, doesn't seem to be a lot of problems with that lately. So, yeah, um, for some reason it worked. It just looked like it was going to come. It wasn't going to come out of my PayPal. It was going to come out of something else, but uh, it did. So, um, what was I going to say? Something about clever. That, about that. About what? Supporting the show? Just the and you get the black budget feed. Yeah. We're going to do some black budget content later. Yeah. That's Just good. a little thank you. Oh, I was going to say we can't do it without you. Guys. No, there's like, no we way. We can't keep the show going. If the, if, the, if the few hundred people that do support the show stop supporting the show right now, it would just be, it would dry up, curl up and die within a couple of weeks. So thank God for you. And you know what? Thank you to all the new supporters that signed up after hearing this. Yep. Because that was a huge deal. You know, you just made a big step. Yeah. Boosted your karma. Like we said, that we had we had a great uh, email a couple weeks ago about somebody that canceled their cable, and then and then him and his girlfriend or ah, wife. Fuck! Ended I forgot up... the phone at home. We had a voicemail. Oh yeah. We anyway, anyways, about they exactly ended, this. They oh up, wait, it might be on Speakpipe. Keep talking. Okay, they ended up uh, deciding that they're gonna they're gonna cancel their cable and use that monthly money to support their favorite independent content content and podcasting and probably YouTube as as well, but. Yeah, it's a great idea. Support like well, you know, all 10, the no agenda news. Support like ten or fifteen uh, creators for that. All the new. What did you do for a number here? Oh, 14, 14, That's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of fourteen, fourteen, Flurry's gonna come on in the fall. Is he? Once the summer breaks over. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got confirmation with his. You gonna have Theo Flurry in in here? I'm gonna try and get him in studio. Yeah. Nice. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Wow, that'd be great. 
Okay, keep talking. I'm still looking for this. Keep talking. Well, can, can I do a couple? Yeah. Can I do a couple quotes or something? I got a fantastic quote for this. Quotes. Quotes. Profound quotes. I have the profound variety. Or do, or do, yeah. Yeah. It's the profound quote of the week. Okay, this is a physicist who said this. So I'm gonna give you a little Physicist. <laughs> to describe what has happened, one has to cross out that old word observer and put in its place the new word participator. In some strange sense, the universe is a participatory universe. Carl Sagan. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your three go-to <laughs> names. <laughs> oh. Precipitory, I should have said. Precipitory? Yeah. Yeah, I got another one. Out. Is this that is, the name? This is my favorite. This is one, uh, my favorite quote book, The Octopus of Global Control. From Charlie Friend of the Robinson. show, Charlie Robinson. We should do a CAC with him. Couple, we should do a CAC. We should do like a global deep state conspiracy CAC one day. Conspiracy CAC? Yeah. I'm worried about the, the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It gets sketchy. Yeah. No guns allowed. Paranoid. No, no guns. Yeah, gun-free cack. <laughs> then are we are we leftists? <laughs> if we don't let our cackers bring their guns, I'm just kidding. Oh. You know, bring your bow and arrows or whatever. What the fuck was that? A shot at me directly? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Okay. This is from the. Uh, what chapter is this from? I think it's from the uh, whistleblower chapter. Anyways. I'm not advocating social Darwinism. I'm witnessing actual Darwinism. If you're in a camp with a bunch of campers and a bear attacks, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You only have to be faster than the slowest camper. I thought that was appropriate for this episode. What's the answer? What? what? I'm not going to guess. That's, that's Michael Rupert, author of Crossing the Rubicon. Rubicon. All right, I found the voicemail. Okay. From friend of the show, Pat Campbell. Dear Darren and Graham, uh, my name is Patrick Campbell. You also know me as Topa from the uh, Discord chats. Um, I've been a uh, I've been listening since uh, late 2017, and sending you guys $3.33 U.S bucks a month since uh since uh, late 2017 um i just had to cancel my paypal subscription because my wife and i just moved and we're experiencing a little bit of financial little financial difficulties right now but um rest assured as soon as i get a job i will uh i'll resume and the, the subscription by PayPal or Stripe, if you'd like. And, uh, love you guys, and uh, keep up the hard work, and I just wanted to let you know that I wasn't canceling because I was upset with you guys or something. So Aww. thank you for your hard work in the podcast. Uh, I listen every night that, that you have me up, so drift off to sleep. And love you guys. Mean it. Thanks. 
Thanks, Patrick. We love you too, buddy. And I'll tell you what, you don't worry about that one bit. We don't mind. We appreciate that you did support while you could. And uh, you know what? We're going to send you some good vibes and uh, the hopes that this helps you find some some new job good vibes. Yep. Yep. If Maury supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So, contact at the cabin. I think there's like... Someone emailed me yesterday, said they wanted three spots. But then they haven't emailed back. So, there's five spots left. And two of those spots are actually private rooms. So, we had two more private rooms open up. Thanks to uh, Truffaut. Truffaut rented the cabin next door. Spooky Truffaut. So, he's got two rooms we can put in there. As, uh, okay, let's explain this CAC here. All right, you go ahead. About. You explain. No, no. What? What? Oh, Come on. Okay, well, this is CAC 2020. In CAC April. 2020. April, right? Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's the first annual Sean Kassan contact at the cabin in the high desert with David Matheson and Brandon Powell. It's going to be amazing. I actually did a conference call with Dave and Brandon today. They're hitting it off big time. Good. So this is between Zion and Bryce? So get this. So remember, so the towels, is that a synchro? Is it a synchro? That we thought about the beach towels to sit on without thinking about the fact that they could also be used for drying off after the cold training. Yeah. So I tell Dave about beach towels and he goes, so did you say beach towels because it's exactly 42 miles from Bryce Canyon and 42 miles from Zion Canyon? And I was like, no, What does that no say beach towels? Well, because 42 is the answer to the universe and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And what do you always have to have with you when you're traveling and hit your like, no, guy to the galaxy? I don't know that. A beach towel. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Don't go anywhere without your really? towel. That's yeah. awesome. That's hilarious. Wow, it's, that is a bit of a synchro. Dave said that and I was just like, wow, that's like high level synchronicity. Little bit. You know, I don't know if it is. What would you rate it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Because we, you know, the towel, the, uh, the Powell towel. The Powell towel. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to have the constellation on the back. Of course, that's our special gift to all our contact attendees coming to Matheson. So like I say, there's very limited spots left. I think there's two cheap spots left under 500 bucks. There's uh, one or two mid-range spots left in the $800 range. And then there's a private room, about 1000 bucks a piece. Of course, you can come in those at double occupancy. People start coming in. And then that's 1400 Like I say, I think there's five or six spots left. If you want in, you better email me ASAP because... There's a lot of tire kickers. And then Brandon mentioned today that he's got a couple emails he needs to forward to me too for people looking. Nice. They might want to come. Uh, of course, Snake Brothers are going to be there. I confirmed with Mr. Bradley Young. He's going to come and drive one of the vans. Nice. Yeah. And then, then so we've, we're going to actually do all the Wim Hof stuff in the morning with Brandon. All the breathing and cold exercises will be uh, after bre- before breakfast breathing and breakfast and cold. Then we go to the park, so we're there all day, checking out geology by day. There's some petroglyphs we're going to check out that uh, the snake bros, Brad will show us, show us some geology there, and uh, we'll do that each day at each canyon. Nice. But are, is, aren't we going to be up late, though, looking at the stars in the... In the Probably 12 or 1. Yeah. That's it? I yeah. thought, I thought Maybe two. was going to be up in the Maybe two, and then we, we're going to get up. We're going to do optional. Uh, we're going to do the, the optional 
uh, morning star thing on just on the Sunday morning. Okay. Oh, so I if see. people okay. want to get up first thing in the morning on the Sunday, or actually if people want to stay up all night, Saturday night, and then just sleep on the van on the way back to Vegas, then, uh, you know, I mean, don't expect to come to catch up. This isn't a catch up on sleep trip. That's for sure. Cause we're cramming a lot of fucking stuff into, into three and a half days, two and a half yeah, days. You know, like, you got yeah. Tuesday, you got Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, and yeah. we're cramming a lot of shit into that. And the price is amazing. So head over to contact at the cabin dot com. Uh, it's, uh, you you know what? At this point, I haven't fixed all the sold out stuff there. I might get that tonight. I might not. Just email me, darrenacamerica dot com. I'll let you know what's left. We'll get you in if you want to be there. Uh, another thing to think about, speaking of contact at thecabin.com, we had another conference call last night uh, with Randall and the boys about what the next trip with them is going to look like. And uh, we haven't really zeroed in on something yet, but we wanted to start thinking it's going to be in the Scablands of Washington. We're looking at a couple different options there. It's going to be more in the five or six day range. And, in uh, July, right? In July, it, no, we're saying August, August, August It'll be 2020, like end of okay. August, 2020, okay. end of August, beginning of September, 2020. Yeah, uh, it'll be five or six days, uh, very limited spots, probably 24 or 25. Uh, so we just we're not a hundred percent sure when, where, or how yet, but we're just sort of starting to get what the interest would level be. The reason we're mentioning it early is because some of the stuff we're looking at. The ticket price is going to come in, you know, probably in the $2,000 range. Uh, so we're just putting the feelers out there to see what kind of interest there would be in something like that before we get too committed uh, or to go too far down. Well, that we road. thought about renting a, a one big tour bus to do it instead of a bunch of vans. And then so there's there's, there's a few things like that that we need to decide. And that's why interest uh, gauging the interest would help. And there's also camping, but, you know, camping versus uh like a, a spa in the area, not a spa, but a resort in the area. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of different options. So we just figured, you know, before we just make all those decisions, we'll throw it out to the people that are going to ultimately end up going. It would be a 24 or 25 person, probably just under a week long. And Randall will be doing presentations for everybody as well. Yeah. Like there'll be a, what, what did we talk about? Like three or four presentations probably plus uh, tours in the day at a variety of different spots. I was thinking that'd be a good place to maybe throw in a concert one, one evening. Yeah. Get somebody, one of our friends to drive over from Montana. Yeah. I've already got all this pricing and stuff like that. I mean, we could really put a good event together there yeah. at that price level. Um, so anyway, let us know if that's something you'd be interested in. And uh, what else we got? Hey. Ooh, I, well, I got an email synchronicity sort of about CAC too. Really. All right. Synchro. CAC. CACRO. Let's go with this one. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. Okay. Hey guys, I'm enjoying the recent shows and the commitment to get in two a week for July. Uh, for a potential guest show, I stumbled across Zoe Helene through a LinkedIn email and think she would be an excellent guest for Grand America. So um, he included the link there. Too many synchros to share, but the recent one follows. I was listening to No Agenda Live on the stream a couple months ago and 
Following the No Agenda show was a rebroadcast of the latest America show. What? Oh, thanks. This guy's the best. I don't know why fucking Curry ain't coming on the show. Well, we got to ask him again. I gotta. I haven't asked him in a long time. He'll I ask on him on Twitter, Twitter quite a bit. Yeah, he usually, he usually yeah. likes the tweet. Yeah. And then. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's just, just to rub it in a little bit. I had already started listening to the episode of America via iTunes, but decided to just let the stream play. And I'd switch over to the podcast playback when it was convenient. I was driving at the time. I knew when I switched to the podcast playback, I'd have to either rewind or fast forward to pick up where I left the live stream. But as I switched from the live playback on the No Agenda stream to pick up where I left off on the podcast playback, it synced up perfectly as if it was just a continuous playback. Nice. I'm sure there was some subconscious cue that triggered me when to switch, but when I switched from the live to the podcast, it was more out of convenience and not in my mind at a certain point in the show. Also, my wife and I were just vacationing in Southern Utah around the same time as the recent contact at the cabin. We visited Zion, Bryce, and in the northern rim of the Grand Canyon, we also drove through Duck Creek Village Ah. on our way to Bryce. If you're interested, I could give you some suggestions about the parks and my general impression from our first time visiting them. There is way too much to convey via email messaging. All the best, Sir Jin. P.S. The effing adjectives are starting to creep in more. Please rein it back in, Darren. It takes away from value of the show. We're trying. We're uh, trying. We do our best. Yeah, we're trying. It's getting better. We'll give that a 5.42. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Well, that's average, but that's good. Better than it should have been. Yeah. Thanks for the email. I assume he supports. Hope to see a CAC maybe one day. If he's going to call the value of the show into the question, I'm going to assume he's a supporter. And fall in line and such. Most of the no agenda listeners are probably because right. they know they the get value it. for value they model. They don't it. want to have advertising or any kind of anything like that. I can't stand ads. But anything I'm watching or listening to, I'm like, God, write this me nuts. down. Or a pencil. Or a pencil. Why don't you or send pencil. some physical mail to the Grimerica show at P.O. Box 16033. Next line. Uh-huh. 100-815, comma, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line. Uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta. Does that, Next line. Uh, uh-huh. Canada. Next line. Yeah. Uh-huh. T2T space, 5H7. Does that organ remind box. you of like 70s Why don't like hockey? Why some dirty socks? Because he's got a dirty sock fetish. Yeah, yeah it does. Why don't you send Graham some gold bowling? Because he's got a gold like bowling fetish. Sped up hockey music. Yeah. Send him some gold. Send him some reminds gold. Reminds me of Slapshot. Oh, like the guy playing the organ in Slapshot? Dated August 13th. Oh, Brian K from the hat. Ooh, that's who Barbarian wanted. Huh. Dear Darren and Graham, I want to thank you both for the great info that you put out. This letter is to both of you. I just rented a campground west of town, our favorite spot for high strangeness. $2,500 for September 20. For September 9, 10, 11, and 12. Leave the morning of the 13th. If either of you want to join me, Jason, and other like-minded souls in the forest for a private event with the... Am I supposed to read this? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you should read it first. For a private event with UFO (laughs) whispers in the forest... Orbs, 
Well, that's the one I was talking about. Wood knock, Sasquatch, and the other strangeness. Let me or Jason know. Camping or RV. We have had black helicopter over our site and unexpected encounters with the, who knows, government, deep state, question mark, walking into our spot. Much love and respect. Brian K. Brian in the hat. I don't trust email or phone. Thanks, Brian. Doesn't say don't read this on the show. It needs to clearly say don't read this on the show if you want something not read on the show. Yeah, that's fine. That's the one I was talking about. Anyways, I was mentioning it earlier on in this intro. So, yeah. I know it's, something. I can tell you something about Brian. Yep. He's a, uh, He's a good dude. And a mason. Are you allowed to say that? I just did. You know what? He just sent me an awesome email about uh, he was he was with some people in the neighborhood. He, he met some friends in the neighborhood, and the power went out in the city. So they watched the stars, and they saw like a whole whack of flash bulbs. And he like basically woke up a whack a load of people with a bunch <laughs> of UFO sightings. Sounds fantastic. So where's Southeast Anglia? That's where this next one comes in from. Is that's that in the uh, UK. Yep, that's in the UK. I think that's where the email scam about global warming came from. Sender from Mr. Thomas F., the cryptid artist, London. I'm not going to say his address because that'd be a terrible thing to do. Okay, what do we got here? Well, you haven't read, you haven't pre-read this either. eh? This is what we do live on the show. Yeah, this is. I mean, people know how we roll by now. What's this? There's a return envelope. envelope, Nice. We can send some stuff back. Must want some swag. Which is no problem at all. The Loch Ness Project. We've got, to, I didn't bring the swag. Shit, all the swag's in my uh, dresser because it's just easier to, oh, he wants autographs, I bet. That's awkward. Okay, my autograph is so lame. Maybe he doesn't want autographs. Dear Darren and Graham, greetings and good afternoon from my humble home. Here on the faraway shores of X. Should I do it in my UK address accent? If it's well, you can try. I mean, it's a little <laughs> embarrassing, probably. You don't really have an accent. Greetings and good afternoon from my humble home here in the faraway shores of Essex, England. How's that? Pretty good. No. <laughs> Firstly, thank you for taking the time to read my letter today. My name is Thomas Finley, and I am 59 years old. <clears throat> I am a cryptozoology artist paranormalist, and disabled veteran. I have been enjoying your Grimerica podcast, which I listen to via the good old paranormal radio app. I didn't even know we were on that. (laughs) On my trusty iPhone. With my letter today, I am writing to invite you to be a part of my ongoing art project I am creating on the legendary Loch Ness Monster of the Scottish Highlands. As part of my endeavor... Oh, I see. It's not autographs. It's something cooler. As part of my endeavor, I am writing to people of merit and note, like you both. I don't know about that. Uh, And asking folks around the world to take a moment to share their own theory of what they think Nessie and her elusive kin might be. Dragon. (laughs) I would be thrilled and honored to have you both be a part of my aquatic adventure in letter writing. Keep up the awesome podcast as I enjoy it very much. And best of all, it's funny and different. I enclose 
an info kit which explains my project further and I also send some fun stuff as a thank you for participating. With my deepest respect and appreciation herein, sincerely yours. Fantastic. What There's some awesome letter. stickers here. The Traveling Nessie Project. He should come on the show. We should have him on the show. Fantastic. I love getting a nice letter in the mail like that. So we got some so wait, traveling I, Nessie wait, wait, stickers. Wait, wait, I got more to read here. I'm not done. Okay. Keep, it says, keep calm and recycle on. I first became interested in the mystery of, Loch, of the Loch Ness Monster in the early 70s after reading an article in our weekly reader in elementary school growing up in our small town of rural Minnesota. The search for the legendary creature has puzzled and amazed us all with its sheer ability to make us wonder and imagine what may be lurking under the dark waters. In the autumn of 2015, I set out to create a large artistic wall display piece on the 80 modern years of sightings and encounters with the Loch Ness Monster. As part of my endeavor, I have been writing to people of interest all over the world and asking them to take a moment and share their theory on what Nessie and her kin might be. And the rest kind of just summarizes what was in the personal letter. Awesome. So what are you going to write for your theory? Well, I mean, uh, honestly, I think it's, it's, uh, there's underground connected caverns and these are like, uh, ancient, uh, prehistoric, uh, dragons, not sea a, dragons, not a place. Yeah. Sea dragons. I like, I dragons <laughs> going to dragons. Are you just going to write dragons on that then? No, underwater, like they're, they're all connected. Like, you know what the they champ, say is the champ and Nessie and, uh, and Ogopogo. They say gratitude is part of that. Trick for hacking the universe. Yeah, gratitude yeah, changes your whole being vibration. So that changes your vibration just showing gratitude and then being grateful for things you don't have yet Yeah, is how you manifest them. One, wanna, one of the I'm, tricks. I'm grateful for the answer like, to the When he mystery. sends you all this and says thank you, how are you not going to fill that out and send it back? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So thank you, sir. We will send them back. Rams will say dragons. And mine will say dinosaurs in crayon. <laughs> well, is that it? I think, I think that's, that's about it. it. Well, I got a couple. Of, I got lots more emails, but I think we'll, we'll save just it. save them. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have to push out some extra content because we got some uh, interesting shows coming up. Some fantastic shows. We got Tony Heller we just about did a triple uh, header. He's got some real good debunking of the uh, temperature fraud that's going on the global warming uh, fear mongering. Got some great week, yeah. stuff on that. And then we have uh, some producers of the documentary, The Seating, about abductions. That should be very interesting. That's coming up. We'll have to pop that one out right away because I think the timing of the release of the movie would be uh, beginning of September here. That's right. So thank you guys for listening and thank you for supporting the show and enjoy this chat with Justin and Keenan.
right, so today we've got a special episode. We have somebody in the studio with us. We have Keenan from Alberta Sasquatch here and Justin on Zoom from Mountain Beast Mysteries. Thanks for joining us, guys. But also local. Also local Alberta-wise. Yeah, yeah, let's mention that. Yeah, you're up north, right? A little bit? Yeah, I'm up in Edmonton right now. Yeah, so. We could have squeezed one more person in here. It's too bad. Actually, you look like actually, it's so hot big. right now. We're already sweating, and we're just getting started. So I know it's like thirty degrees in the room I'm in right now. So I'm gonna be like doing this wipe and everything the, the whole time. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. It's special to have have people in the studio. I'm always uh, looking forward to that, and it's special to talk about Sasquatch in Alberta too. I mean, we've uh, we've done a couple shows on on the guy, and it's kind of a running the theme here, fella, but. I didn't realize until recently, really, that there's a there's a a bit of a prevalence in Alberta too. Like not just, I mean, I grew up in in uh, near Harrison Hot Springs, so I always remember Harrison as the Sasquatch <coughs> thing, and I in BC. But um, now that I've been in Alberta for a few years, I didn't really realize. I mean, I've heard of him down in um, what Waterton, Waterton, a little here. bit, and down south of Calgary a bit. But uh, looking at the Alberta Sasquatch website and the map and stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of all over the place. Yeah. So Sasquatch sightings here in Alberta, they go back to the beginning of the 1800s. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, it's, it's actually something that's, it's not just like this historical thing, a phenomenon. It's something that's happening here in current day or modern day. And we get reports from people on a near monthly basis and uh, we have a chance to talk to these witnesses and listen to their experiences and in some opportunities go out and talk to them in person and see the places where they've had these experiences. Cool. That's awesome. How long have you guys, how long have you guys known each other for? I don't know. When did, when did I kind of join up Keenan a couple years ago? Yeah, I think it would have been around last summer. So me and Rob, we teamed up to reform the Alberta Sasquatch organization and the and the website and the web presence so that we could bring in more contemporary encounters from people. Right. Uh, we met, we t- uh, linked up with Justin last summer, I believe, after we'd seen some of his documentaries coming out on YouTube, and we thought it would be a good fit. And since then, we've kind of kept the ball rolling and we've met a few other good people that have made some additions too. Nice. Nice. So you had your own thing going with mountain beast mysteries before you kind of hooked up with the Alberta Sasquatch guys. Yeah. Back in 2014, I started, uh, well, I I had decided I was going to make a documentary. Didn't really know what I wanted to make a documentary on. And, uh, my dad actually was telling me about this strange (laughs) happening. Uh, that he went through it on Vancouver Island, and I'm like, oh, the Bigfoot thing. That uh, seems interesting, so I thought it'd be worth kind of exploring that. Ended up making a documentary, which is on YouTube, Wild Man, My Search for Sasquatch. And then after that, I decided just to throw it on YouTube, and that's kind of how the channel was born. Oh. Kind of expanded quite a bit since that's how I, I got into it. That's interesting. So did so you did you like you would your dad talk about these stories when you were young? Like were you always kind of was it always there in the background or did you just get interested when you're older? Yeah, well my dad was already he was always interested in it and he would always rent uh like VHS documentaries when I was a kid. <laughs> and so it was always something that I was kind of interested in uh but not as much in, until he he had his experience on Vancouver Island where he was fishing on a lake in a rubber dinghy uh, with another friend and something 
was throwing large rocks into the lake from the the trees shore so he had a kind of a he had an experience i guess that you know made him have to change his shorts <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> so, yeah that's kind of what really you know got me to start looking and then after that first one and you threw it on youtube and then did did that pique your interest to the point where you wanted to keep sort of researching and keep studying it yeah yeah and i didn't really i guess realize until i put it on youtube how interested people actually were in the yeah. subject yeah i i didn't really intend to stick with it i kind of just wanted to make one documentary and then kind of move on to other things right other topics of interest you know even stuff like paranormal topics and, and ufos things of that nature i kind of wanted to branch out but i've kind of just focused in on the bigfoot thing it's just the way it happened so yeah you shoot or no shoot guy <laughs> i'm uh i'm a no shoot but fine if there's an accident okay okay you know? so you're not like diving in front like uh bleeding hard. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get in your way no okay what about you, Ken? I don't think I che- I don't think I could shoot one either. But there's this part of me though that even though I would never want one to be shot, there's that, Did you that curiosity. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, there's that curiosity though, where if if something like that ever happened with another person out there, I'd still pay the money to go see it. You know. Um, <laughs> but I I don't think I could I don't think I could pull the trigger, and I don't think I would. Uh, be uh out there with people that were oh yeah where that, where that was what their main purpose was out there to do right was, right yeah. right yeah. yeah i i don't think most of the people that are going to shoot bigfoot are going looking for them i picture it more like those are the people that are in the woods most of the time you know like 50 percent of the people in the woods are probably hunters especially in certain seasons sasquatch comes out boom bigfoot proof no, see, it's it's not as simple as that. See, I always come back to this with Darren. He doesn't. Really... Well, this will find out because Graham says Bigfoot can't be killed. So, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Does, Does it, bleed? it bleed? If it I bleeds, don't know. I'm just bleeds. referencing Predator. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but could you could you imagine being the guy? You're out there in the woods, and you take one out. Just being able to like analyze it up close for yourself, finally, and just take it all in. Like that experience would be crazy. I'll. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't want to deal with, you know, if you did shoot one, what what other ones are out there that just saw that, you know? Yeah. Well, you hear these Again, stories. You might, not make it out. you might not make it out. And then plus the social media people are just going to rip you apart. Yeah. You're going to be like Nazi kid killer times 10. That's it. Bucket <laughs> selfie. I think uh, I, I I hear those stories about when the the hunters see they they look at him in the eye and they can't even pull the trigger because they realize it's like a it's a man you know it's not just a beast it's more of a a man so and then I hear the other stories I mean and I, I I mean we don't talk about that much but I've heard stories from years ago where you know people have shot it and hasn't even done anything to it so that's one of the reasons why I say to Darren that it's not as simple as just shooting a bear. Like, you know, you might not be able to hit it or it might not do anything if you do hit it. So why bother? Why not just try and, you know, why bother? Let's just assume it can't be killed. 
Yeah. Well, actually, if you guys check out the website, our last report that we published was number 60. And that was called Witness Has Terrifying Encounter Near Slave Lake. And with that encounter, it was actually a hunter who was out armed who encountered one at about 25 yards away. And this is only from last month. And same thing, too. In that moment of shock and awe and disbelief, the idea of lifting that rifle to your to your face and taking that shot, it never occurred to him. Wow. Yeah. And that was our most recent one. That so was like he the didn't most shoot. recent visual sighting. Yeah. Wow. No, he didn't. Wow. I don't even think it even passed through his mind. That's interesting. Well, maybe Bigfoot's mind controlling you. Well, that's the thing. There's that electromagnetic thing I wanted to ask you guys about where it generates that fear. I mean, a couple of your, your guests that you had on your documentary, I can't remember which one it was. I watched all... All three of them, like almost one after another, so they kind of, I kind of get mixed up. You know, there was the taxidermist guy, and then there was a couple other people you're talking to about the. Oh, I think it was your friend that you called, and he was talking about the interesting thing about Sasquatch's fur changing to green, which might create the camouflage oh, thing, like yeah. that predator thing you're talking about, and then the electromagnetic fear thing because you hear about this intense fear. Like I was camping once in LaConnor. As a 16-year-old with a couple guys on this island in Washington State, so it's in that area, right? And we were in a tent, and we heard something walking around, and I was so scared. I've never been that scared in my life that I couldn't even, like, we couldn't even breathe, and we were trying to communicate the, the tents next to each other. And we couldn't even talk or breathe. Like, we were just like, who's outside? Who's outside? And like, why would we be that? I mean, I know it was 16 in the dark, middle of the, you know, middle of this island, but... I recognize that as like this abnormal or unreasonable fear. And that's what you kind of hear all the time, right? Well, there's, I've talked to a few people who have either like been hit by this thing. Like it, they suspect it's infrasound. Oh, um, but some people that get hit with it, it actually makes them like ill. Like they get physically ill or they actually fall right onto the ground basically. And there's a that's a pretty big difference between like feeling an intense fear. It's more like a physical. It has a physical effect on you, not just a mental effect. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like, I've definitely been incredibly scared out in the bush and have felt like the fear, kind of like what you described. But I, I don't really think it's it's that infrasound thing that they might be projecting. I don't know. What do you think, Keenan? <laughs> what are your thoughts? So I haven't talked to as many people as Justin has about this too, but the people that I have talked to are mostly outside of Alberta. And it's exactly what Justin's describing is it's not, it's not a type of fear that's just at a new level. It's an actual, it was if somebody were to poison you and it creates a physiological effect and you end up puking you, uh, your uh, vision and your, Language becomes slurred. You're talking, but people don't understand what you're saying. You can't understand what they're saying. Uh, so people have bent over with like cramps and aches and pains and stuff like that. And the weirdest part about it is that some of the people that we've talked to, they talk about it being surgical where there was a group of three or four people, but only they had that experience. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You're just scared like a bitch. <laughs> you know what it is. It's that primal fear of being in the bush and hearing shit. I mean, people have been getting eaten by wolves for the last couple of thousand years. It's only like the last like couple of hundred years that we've evolved, got to the point where wolves aren't a problem. And I mean, look at Russia. Wolves are a problem again. They just have those packs of like 300 wolf, wolves, super packs of wolves wandering into towns and fucking dragging really? people off. Yeah. Well, mostly, no, still, mostly cattle. Still- 
nowadays up north, like in northern Canada, like you have big polar bear issues. You can't walk around town in the Arctic without a, a rifle. Yeah, that's so like that. That facility up by Churchill, they just ended up fully fencing the fucking thing in. They're just like, yeah. fence it off. People just getting picked off. I mean, that's <laughs> like, that's why you, we're not that far removed. Like maybe what, you know, a dozen generations or so, maybe 20 from like running from beasts, Sasquatch or not. <laughs> I think it's going the opposite way. I mean, we're killing, you know, I think we're taking over the, this place, but I don't think Sasquatch is bad. I mean, I think he's he's just misunderstood if it's evil at all. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that part of it. Well, we've had some we've had some pretty terrifying encounters reported to us, and actually, even going back to the part about the infrasound, we've had I've talked to three people in the last year who've all reported being knocked on knocked unconscious by them, and really being knocked unconscious by a force that they couldn't see and associated with them coming into their campsites. Wow. Two of them from the same campground within one camping spot of each other on separate years. Will you tell us which one off air so we can camp there? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can go there. Uh, both of them, uh, both of the reports from that campsite actually come from the end of July. So it's pretty much prime season to go get knocked out. By I'm going, I'm going camping this weekend. <laughs> can you switch your spot? No, we're gonna end up, we're, we were going to be in a campground. Now we're in a, somebody else's yard. But are you camping in someone's yard? That's how the sea city people just camp in the backyard. We're going uh, to a CE five uh, camp thing this weekend. Okay, we go. I go out and do the CE five, like looking for UFOs all the time, and we see shit. Quite a bit of shit. Yeah. Last couple of years has been really good. But we're going camping see to Medicine. A few satellites. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Geez. We're uh, we're going to Medicine Hat this time, but one of the guys I'm with is uh, he's seen Sasquatch. Uh, uh, I Jason? think at least once, yeah, Jason. So, uh, is that spot where you sent the picture the murky spot? Is that the Sasquatch psychic spot? spot? Yeah, that's one of the spots. That's where he's going to take me. Is, oh, is he going to take you? Yeah, he said he's going to take me hunting for Sasquatch. That's probably the spot. Yeah, yeah. Is that where where were these campgrounds? That guys, people are getting knocked out by the guy. Uh, it's about a four and a half hour drive from here. Northwest okay. It's closer to Justin there. Oh, just okay. West of him. Okay. Oh, yeah. by Jasper. Yeah, just south of there. Uh, actually. Yeah. yeah, the Nordic area, kind of yeah. south of Jasper, south of Hinton. You think that? So is that is that fella white in the winter? Is he like no. a bunny where he switches color? <laughs> No, like that whole idea. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's how how would I know, <laughs> right? Like it's the same thing with bears. Black well, bears well, if you see if you seen him in the in the snow, you might know that he's not white. Nope. I mean, that's we're really speculating here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the witnesses that I've talked to that have had these winter sightings, though, they still see black and brown. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, here in Alberta, the prime the prime season for being able to to see them actually in general is in the early spring and the late fall so for example usually uh, october november uh, like these shoulder seasons where there's not a lot of tourists and then also again in march and april and then maybe they bleed a little bit into may but summer sightings are actually the rarity and it's usually like these shoulder seasons or in the winter and in particular the places that seem to pop up are actually places that humans frequent quite a bit in the summer and then are closed off to people usually around 
um, around November 1st or Halloween, sometime around there, they start closing things like mm-hmm. Highway 40, right? Yeah. 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 And Kananaskis. And that's actually a lot of those, a lot of those sightings are from people that had special access to be in there. For example, we talked to a biologist that had, um, uh, special access to the research center there. There's a University of Calgary Research Center over by Mount Baldy, and that's where he had his encounters. He had access to that facility in March. And uh, no, but what I should point out though is that to your question is that mostly brown and black stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm allowed in there to go. Hunt. I think I'm allowed to hunt in there. Oh, you get in there, but you, but the road is physically blocked. So I think. In the, in the winter months, that Highway 40 there, I think there's a, a gate right over it, I think. So. Yeah, there is. They drop up a winter gate, too, but yeah. they have crews going in and out of there because they yeah. still do maintenance and stuff Could like that. Could you get that. a truck going in there? Oh, yeah. 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 It's not, it's not maintained, so after, after pretty good snowfall, you're not going to get fucked. in there. Like, they have the, they have the Nikiska Ski Resort in there, too, for yeah. a reason. Is they yeah. got pretty big dumps there, and trucks don't really go in there. But they do have to do a bunch of stuff, and they've been doing a lot of logging in there right now. And uh, so there's been quite a bit more traffic than usual. It's too bad because it's like when it snows early in the fall, all the bunnies turn white and then it melts. I was going to say, maybe that's a good time to hunt for Bigfoot. If it was like the Yeti. We have a Bigfoot right here. <laughs> I guess that's a Yeti. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have any reports here in Alberta of people seeing white or gray Sasquatch. It's pretty I, rare. Yeah. Even, even in like Eastern Europe and Russia, Siberia, most of the reports have been for a long time. Like, darker colored hair oh really so i don't know i don't i don't know where the myth of of the white eddie came from so it may have always been brown yeah yeah yeah, out there too the yeti has always been the mink and all those things they've always been brown and black it's a pop culture thing i think a lot of people attribute that to the uh the Rudolph the Red Nose. I was going to say that, yeah. Like that yeah that like children claymation really yeah, yeah I was well say. I was, you'd think if you're basically a high level predator you don't need to camouflage so much you're going to want to be brown so you can soak up those sunlight yeah and we're talking about hair too we're not talking about fur so like i don't know of any you know oh so it gets white when it gets old versus fur right like we don't you know, as humans we don't do that yeah so usually when people are talking about like the gray or the the snow white or even platinum blonde kind of Sasquatch, what they're talking about is like the patriarch, matriarch of a family. And it's one of like the old timers of the elders. He's getting ready to kick off. He's real old. Got the white beard going on. I I can dig it. I like it. So it's all hair. All of it? Well, I hope so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Uh, Not like it's, fur? Uh, some so people, is, that some people monk, rep- is that what apes are? Some people reported it, reported as fur. Do apes have fur? You or do apes have hair? They're more, they have more hair. Hair like, yeah. like, hmm. I wonder if they start balding when they get old too. Oh, it goes from silver, then it just starts like seeding down its <laughs> <Yeah>. back. <laughs> well, that's, that's where, that's where the reports go into too, is like that when people see ones that they look a bit like they've had a few, they've seen a few sunrises and a few sunsets. Um, they, uh, they start to report, you know, more, uh, more cuts and abrasions, things like that, contusions on the body. But then they start to uh, report uh, p- uh, patches of wear like on the knees, shoulders, elbows, places that you would crawl on, get down on when you're picking and stuff like that too. And then you start to get the, the, like the splotchiness on the chest and things like oh, that wow. too. Yeah. So some people have got a really good look at them. Huh. In That's Alberta. Awesome. Yeah. Even here in Alberta. 
Uh, we we talk to several eyewitnesses per year. We've only been doing this for a little while, but yeah. um, you know, one of the, one of the things that gives me a lot of optimism is that you know when when some of the the older researchers like Thomas Steenberg were here in Alberta, they had to place ads in like the Calgary Herald and the Calgary Sun and put their per you know their personal phone number on on the ad, and people would crank call them and stuff like that. But you know, having a pretty respectable presence on the internet with mountain beast mysteries and the Alberta Sasquatch website is that we get a, a really good caliber of witness. Uh, we don't get a lot of crank calls or reports and we get people who um, from different, from different generations who've had sightings from like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, you know, just one day they, they go into Google and type in Alberta Sasquatch sightings and like the, the volume and quality of reports that we're getting are way better than what these guys were getting back in the nineties or the early two thousands because the technology exists to connect with people. Well, also I think people are taking it more seriously. There's less ridicule, just like the UFO thing. I mean, we've been talking about UFOs for seven years on the show now, six years on the show now. And I've been interested in that for, and it's really shifted. It's like the, you know, the, the, some of the mainstream news takes it more seriously. People aren't ridiculing it as much anymore. People are having these conversations where they can open up and they can tell, I mean, that's part of why the show is successful because people started e emailing us stories of their sightings and their experiences that are unexplainable and we'd read them on the air and it just, people are feeling, I think, more comfortable in, in talking about stuff like that. Yeah. That's kind of one of the things I wanted to do with the Mountain Beast Mysteries channel is kind of make the Bigfoot topic, I, I don't know, for a lack of a better term, cool, I guess, and, and more, uh, I guess, less taboo. And it would make people, you know, feel like they, they could be more comfortable coming forward with stories. Yeah. And it's not something that they'd be, like, ashamed of, of looking into. Yeah. You know, coming out and, and saying, hey, I saw this, this weird thing. Uh, I don't really know who to talk to, but, you know, it, it's... I don't know. It's always been a popular subject, so I don't want to say it. I wanted to make it more popular, but I just wanted to make it, I guess, a little bit more mainstream yeah. by using some some flashy videos and pop culture. I yeah, I think Justin's yeah. done a really good job too of making it really accessible for people too. You know, not everyone has access to you know Netflix or Amazon Prime or or video on demand or whatever it is to, to, to get all of like these super high production value um, TV shows or documentaries or whatever the case is. But a lot of people have access to the internet and you can go to YouTube, you can type in mountain beast mysteries and you could watch something with a high production value with a person, a person or persons putting in a good amount of effort, not into just the editing and, and the videography, but also into going out to these remote places, putting in the work, putting in the hours yeah, yeah. and, and see what their experience has been, what works for them, what doesn't. And if anything else, just to create that conversation about like, yeah. Hey, is this, is this ridiculous or can we just sit down like adults and talk yeah, about this? That, and that's kind of where we went with the Alberta Sasquatch stuff too, is we wanted to make it more accessible to people and, and be able to have uh, a legitimate discussion without people trying to shove ideas down your throat. So every year we've done things like run public uh, camping trips and we've done, gone on public, uh, we've had a couple, uh, or actually we just had our first well, somewhat smaller public kind of expedition or excursion where we ended up going out for about four or five days and took a group of people out with us to a Sasquatch hotspot and kind of poked around for a little bit and tried a few things, stayed up late and... Knocked some, some wood, knocked some wood and yeah, whoop some, some calls or... 
Well, we, we, I think we, we eventually um, kind of broke out into the calls a little bit later on when you get, <laughs> when you get, when you get a little tired of nothing uh, happening in the first little while, right? And, but yeah, definitely bring out some baseball bats and knock some wood and see what happens. And you know what, if, if that's something that ends up not working for us too, then we're open to some suggestions. And that's why we had a lot of other people come out. So if, because if you have just the Sasquatch people come out, they come up with the, their ideas. But if you have you know, you invite the public to come out with you. You don't charge them anything and you invite them. They come with a, a whole new group of ideas like, hey, can we try this? Can we go check out over here? Can we do these yeah, things? Yeah. yeah. So I think we've done a pretty good job with that too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I loved about your documentaries is that I could sense that, you know, you're not dogmatic about any ideas. You're talking about different theories that might be quite out there, but maybe who knows, right? I mean, you're very open-minded to all the different different kind of yeah. things you know it really felt like you were this was an exploration of your own mind and your own search into this whole mystery without coming at it from a an angle or you know i really sense that maybe that's why it did, did so well i mean you got lots of lots of people watching that and yeah i don't like to reject theories or yeah. like i like to be open to pretty much anything and i'm perfectly fine saying i don't have all the answers you know or any answers it's all it's still a huge mystery, and like I could, I could sit here and answer all your questions still with I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Or there's more. Que- the I mean, thing. more questions. The more we do this, the more I just have more questions. I got less answers and way more questions. Never had a lot of answers. Um, so neither of you actually had a Bigfoot sighting of your own, though. Not like I've had weird things happen, and I've seen weird things, but I've never had a visual sighting where I actually seen the thing. I mean, the closest thing was this winter, Keenan, the individual who came to us who uh, claimed to have had multiple of these creatures on his property. Oh, that was great. That was in your show, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was, I didn't know what was going on, especially the first night I was there. And I was freaked out, like after I left his property. And I was really nervous going into it, too. I thought that was going to be the time I was going to see it. That's what was going through my mind. Yeah, like right. I definitely had more questions than answers after that. Yeah, yeah, and then in my case too, like I I found that experience pretty 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 interesting too. Uh, but for me, my interest in Sasquatch goes back to a personal experience that I had in June 2017. Um, so, uh, so my my experience that kind of got me into this wasn't. Uh, a visual sighting either per se but what i essentially had happened to me was i was out uh, fly fishing with a friend and we were out on a thursday night it was the day uh, the day before uh, opening season for fly fishing uh, province-wide here in alberta and i was sleeping in a one-man shelter and he was sleeping in a separate tent um off to the side and we'd went to went to sleep for the night um and around three probably three three thirty in the morning i had something with a hand like the size of like a frying pan reach through my tent and grab my head with fingers and then so i woke up and i shot up but like it's, a, it's just like a one-man shelter so you can't sit all the way up and what happened there was like the, when the, something like that happens to you you don't really you know, like you're in like that i don't know if they call it like a hypnagogic state yeah, yeah. yeah and uh so i didn't really know what happened i, I like the i was kind of shocked but i was up on my elbows and i was thinking like oh maybe i got a bear or something like that coming through 
And then uh, uh, after a little while, and I kind of like roused myself and I was starting to get pretty, pretty alert and pretty anxious. The hand came back through the tent no again <laughs> and grabbed the top of my head with fingers. Yeah. And it held, it held my head in a, in a grip. And so uh, I sat there for a while, maybe maybe just a few seconds yeah, or maybe yeah. up to 10 seconds. And then I jerked my head forward and I pulled it out of the grip and then the hand shot back out, out of the tent. And uh, the reason why I don't think it was my friend is, well, for one, we were out in the middle of nowhere and he has uh, sleep apnea and he doesn't have a CPAP machine out there in the woods or whatever, right? So I can hear him snoring as this is going on, right? And whatever whatever grabbed me didn't move off. It was still, I didn't hear anything. It was just stillness. So as far as I'm aware, whatever this thing is that grabbed me is still, 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 behind you. still standing up uh, above my tent. And I, I always had the expectation that if this was a bear, it would be sniffing around, it'd be poking and prodding, it might be grunting or wheezing or doing, making animal noises, but it was completely, completely silent. And I sat there uh, in like a semi-reclined position until the sun came up. And, uh, until my friend got out of his tent and I got out, I got out of mine and I never said anything to him about, about oh. that experience. And he, ne he never, you know, he's never like a, ah, I gotcha, no, I gotcha moment or anything like that. And, uh, just the kind of, I mean, that, that still kind of feels a bit ambiguous and I wasn't prepared right away to say, okay, I think this is definitely a Sasquatch thing. And it wasn't something that I was really that into at the time. Um, I looked around the camp and we'd, we'd messed up and we'd left some food out. None of the food was touched and it was all, you know, waist high, chest high, accessible on tables, coolers and stuff like that. But the bulk of our food too, I'd taken it and I'd put it behind, um, I'd put it in the box of my truck and then I'd put the tailgate back up and closed the, the bed cover. And I had trail dust 360 degrees around my vehicle from driving into this remote location. And, uh, whatever it was that came in, I, I always expected that, you know, if they were going to go for the food, the food would have been behind the tailgate. And so there's not, there's no fingerprints or animal rubbings on the tailgate. I didn't see any of the trail dust knocked off the vehicle. So that was pretty terrifying. And none of the food that we messed up and we, we did leave out, uh, negligently, none of that was touched. Um, and then, uh, you know, like I thought, well, okay, maybe it was like a prowler or something like that, maybe a thief, but we left three, you know, six or $700 fly rods on the picnic table there. And those weren't taken, you know, none of our valuables and like, you know, nice knives and other camping gear. None of that stuff was taken. And I don't know who'd be out there without, without a headlamp at three, three thirty in the morning. And if you're going to steal from someone, why would you, you know, why would you grab them through a tent? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it happened twice. It wasn't just like a dream, a lucid dream or something like that. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah, the first the first one, you know, that that wakes you up and you jolt up and it could be anything. And your first instinct, you know, rightly so, should be a bear or, or well, probably just a bear for this area. And uh, but then the second one comes through and it grabs you with that tactile fingers. Yeah, it's not and, a claw. Yeah, and a... and whatever grabbed me too, it didn't rip the material on the tent. So whatever yeah. it it didn't yeah. really have claws, yeah. as far as I'm aware, because it didn't puncture through the uh, the rain fly yeah. or the mesh of the tent. So it, that gave me something to think about for a really long time. And I didn't, I didn't go back into the woods for the rest of 2017. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did you go back in 2018? Yeah, actually, I think one of the, one of the first times I actually went back to the woods wasn't even for fly fishing. It was for something Sasquatch related, actually. What was it about the food in the back of the truck? Okay. So, well, we put, we had most of our food 
in uh, the box of the truck. Yeah. And we put we put the tailgate up. So we thought yeah. we we did that as like a you know you're supposed to secure your yeah, food yeah. in bear country yeah. before you go to sleep. So we did that with most of the stuff. And the when we drove in though the vehicles got covered in dust. Yeah, yeah. So I was expecting that if a bear was trying to get the right. food, okay, it would yeah, have rubbed. Would have seen the, it would have yeah. rubbed up, yeah, against the trail because yeah, it would have smelt it through the the, the thing. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what you meant. Yeah. But nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's where was an that? Incredible where was encounter. that again? Uh, that's just uh, maybe like in 30, Alberta, right? Yeah, it's in Alberta, yeah. about thirty-five kilometers north of Coleman in the Crow's Nest Pass. Yeah, and then mm. uh, when I got involved with the Alberta Sasquatch stuff, and this is kind of what pulled me in, is I I learned that there were two other people that had had visual encounters within. Uh, eight kilometers as the crow flies from where I had that experience. Nice. That's yeah. down in the pass. Yeah. I love it down there. Yeah, it is. He wanted to, Darren wanted to move down there. I, I might yet. I might yet. I might end up in the pass. Well, I don't want to get squatched. I mean, me and Bigfoot fucking probably don't see eye to eye. If he's heard the show, he's probably not too cool with Darren. Yeah. So those guys that got the had the 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 more of the violent encounter with the like the getting knocked knocked out I think like getting knocked out by an unseen yeah, force yeah, not like getting yeah. knocked out with like physical violence yeah and the other weird thing about it is that surgical part that I was talking about too where it only happens to the men oh so all of these experiences have usually occurred where there were men and women present and this would only happen to the men wow yeah. do the women have missing time. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> Do they happen to be on their moon cycle? Oh no! no Does that no. attract them? I heard stories about that. Usually, when we're interviewing people, we don't ask them about their moon cycle. So, you should you add know, that. I want to add that to the question. We'll have to add that to the standard <laughs> questions. I've heard but, that uh, a couple of times. Yeah, that Sasquatch can. He knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've talked to a few people where that's what seemed to, to happen was like the man, uh, the man of the group. Is knocked unconscious. Sometimes I think I think each of those cases there was only one man, but in two of the cases there were multiple females. Nothing with the women, just the men, and they can't be roused from whatever happens in the sleep. So in one case, the guy was fully conscious and awake, and was knocked unconscious from an alert, wakeful state where okay, he was yeah. where where he noticed the activity as well, and then w was out. And then in another case. Uh, where uh, the men had gone to sleep normally and then couldn't be roused by screaming, slapping, people getting on top of them, elbowing them, kicking them, you know, pulling on their sheets, nothing would wake them up. Wow. Yeah. I think you were going to talk about another... I would just assume so he was dead. <laughs> that's what they were thinking. That's what they were. That's what they were afraid of too. We gave him CPR. So do you, do you guys still, do you guys think that there's a, like, are they... Malevolent or are they benevolent? I mean, like, do you, I, I still feel like, like, I still feel like they had these like scary moments and stuff, but there's also the stories of them uh, being nice to people, I think, right? I, I like to think of it the same way I think of people, right? There's really yeah. good people out there and there's also really shitty people out there. Some of those Sasquatch have PTSD and they're just, you know. Well, some of them are giving people PTSD with these <laughs> encounters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I think, yeah, I think, I feel like it's just like people, I mean, ma the majority of people are good, but there's always, you know, you have encounters in your day-to-day -day life with people that are pretty unpleasant, too. Yeah. That's I, probably I like an experiential like thing, though. You'd think Sasquatch is having mostly good, you know, he's probably, maybe not. Maybe Sasquatch is living in the hood. The same thing, single parent fucking Sasquatch homes. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> okay. 
That's so where any, you get your troublesome Bigfoot. Yeah. Boom. A- any other good encounters that you, you've heard about recently, Justin? Uh, that I've heard about? Yeah, in Alberta? Well, that Slave Lake one that Keenan was talking about is probably the most recent. Yeah. Do you mean good, like... I mean, like, oh. benevolent? No, no, oh. no, I meant, like, just... Uh, because uh, now that know, I think of it, I don't think I've ever heard of a benevolent Bigfoot encounter. They've oh, all yeah, sort of been, been indif- the guys get, indifferent. No, the guys get they're in with the family for a while, and then they come back out a no, week later. That, like, that's, yeah. <clears throat> that's some pretty... That's the higher-end stuff. Well, I can give you Did one... You guys- I, I can give him one uh, benevolent Bigfoot story, and it came from a guy in Golden, B.C. And so this is a story from his grandmother. Uh, she had a story where um, I think she was living in closer to the lower mainland in British Columbia. And uh, this was way back when, and things aren't as developed as they are now. So this was a more remote part of the lower mainland. And what happened to her was she was walking home late at night, uh, and she was walking rather large, long distance. And she started noticing sticks and pebbles being thrown at her from the the wood line in the dark, and she was a little bit a little bit terrified by that. And and because and then the activity picked up and picked up and picked up. And what she ended up doing was taking shelter in like a little railway uh, like switching uh, little shack, yeah. and uh, that was unlocked. And she went in there and she actually fell asleep until daylight. And when she woke up, there was a dead uh, cougar on the step of the switching shack with its neck broken. So her interpretation of that was that a Sasquatch was trying to warn her about uh, this cougar that was stalking her. And then as his way of demonstrating what he had done, he or she had done for her, (laughs) she left it there. Yeah. Like the cat does with the mice. Yeah. Actually, and that was that was one thing that does go back to that all to that uh, private property that we went to back in January too. Was the owner was also convinced that one day when a dead mouse was left for him, so after he'd started gifting apples and things like that, a little mouse you know, was left there on on the porch too. Not like that you happens know, all the time, <laughs> and not but not like devoured or anything like that, or torn up or anything like that. Just intact and placed right by his front door. I like the cougar one better. Yeah. Because like I got I get up some the the odd morning you get out there'll be three mice on the map. If two of the cats are out all night, yeah, they just They leave you those gifts? Oh yeah, they think they're just Yeah. Sometimes they're like half were... alive. Sorry, so did you guys, you guys get that? Jason's report? That was a fantastic story. Jason. What? Friend of the show, Jason. I don't know. Does he, has he sent us a report? I don't know. I'll, I'll encourage him to. Yeah. Well, I, You're going to well, see him to this weekend. You know, that's actually another thing that happens though, too, is we've talked to, I've talked to, I should speak to my experience. I've talked to quite a few people who have given me uh, a report verbally or over the phone and they're like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to write this down or I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I just needed to tell someone once to get it off my chest. And well, that's, Jason that's talked about it on the podcast, oh, okay. so he so, should be down for, to do a report. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, it was a great encounter too. It was beating yeah. on the the trees with a stick at one point, and yeah, hmm. good one. Was that an Alberta encounter as well? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. going to oh. take me out to that place. <laughs> okay, we need to. Yeah, we would love to hear without this. a gun, please. Because the other chance is like you probably if you have a gun, you're probably not going to see him. Yeah, I, I, I disagree thing. with that. Oh, okay. Well, if you just think the like, there's a huge number of encounters that have happened with people with guns. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, right? that's true. Yeah. I mean, if if they're gonna show themselves, they're they're gonna 
I, I have this suspicion that they can kind of almost sense your intentions, right? Right. Despite, you know, having a gun or not. I mean, like, there's so many hunter encounters and stories of people who have shot at them. So I, I don't think the gun thing is relevant, you know, to say that, oh, if they see you have a weapon, they're not going to show them. Okay, that's cool to know. It's, so It's more of, like, what your intentions are going in. And you've you've talked about people I'm not going to have a gun right? anyway. Jason's not going to take me out there with a gun. And I'm not going to put Jason in that position where he's got <laughs> Darren running around with a gun in the dark. I'm starting to think that you being around guns is not a good thing for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't know about that. <laughs> you did. Did you get your license recently? Yes. Yep. Why? Because you're going to try hunting? Yeah. Yeah. I got my status card good to go again. I got my pal card good again. I'm ready to go hunting. So, I mean, uh, maybe I won't be able to shoot it. I mean, but I'm not looking to shoot a Bigfoot, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's just that. If it came down to it. If, it. if I'm out hunting deer and you turn around, it's like, boom, there's a Sasquatch. What do you do? What do you do? I, maybe I can't do it either. I you mean, I haven't even shot a deer yet. I might not even be able to shoot a deer. I might break down like a bitch. But, you know. <laughs> As he points to me. <laughs> I was pointing at me breaking down to the ground. But, but you know. It's probably harder to shoot a Sasquatch that's just looking at you all the way. I was going to ask if you guys heard of that recent uh, story of that missing kid. I think it was in the States. Went missing for however many days, and then she was eventually found. But she said while she was gone, she was taken care of by like a bear or bull bears or something. Yeah, I heard about that. that yeah, I did yeah, hear I about that. that. Yeah, was that a little boy or a little girl? That was a little boy. Something like that. I, yeah. I can't remember the details of it. Yeah, I mean, it, I felt like people kind of jumped on that as like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like something from our phenomenon. But you know, like that's you know that's what people I think read into a lot of these like news headlines and stuff now too is like a Rorschach test for the thing that they believe in. So that's that's one of the things that happened with like the whole missing four one one for example is whenever a new headline of like a missing person pops up, everyone fills in that gap with like the you know if they're the Sasquatch person then oh it was like the Sasquatch or if you're the UFO person it's like oh it's an abduction or if you're like the fairy fae people or whatever everyone fills that gap in with like that the thing that they believe oh is responsible how sure. do you like the documentary which one missing 411 well i like this one better than the last one you know I, this one wasn't as concentrated on like an individual case and like the human cost for for the for like that like that family is there so, a new one yeah the, oh, the, the hunted say, that's the one i watched and i was like this is bullshit yeah it was it was very what? difficult what, what? The one with Les Stroud, right? He, is Les Stroud in that one? I think it is. It's all about that little girl that went missing, or the little boy little or whatever boy, by the creek, and it's like the whole thing is about that. The creek? What's it, the creek? Yeah, it's like a, not quite a creek. It's a creek. <laughs> it's good to go. Yeah. I'm using proper vernacular. Um, yeah. So I was just, I was super disappointed, because you hear the interviews with Pallades, and it's like these crazy creepy stories and it, i was just waiting for this i mean i put off watching the documentary a couple of times because it was late and i was just like actually the one day we were going to visit a national park the next day and we're like eh let's not watch you know missing 411 so i had it all hyped up that it was going to be this super spooky fucking thing and then it was just like 
eh. But I'll have to watch the hunted one and see yep. if that's better because the first one was fairly disappointing. A couple guys watched that before our last C five. Like, what are you doing watching that? That's going to change your whole like state of mind. You want to be all like love and light and positive to make contact, not be like unconsciously scared that you're going to be, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, that that last missing four one one documentary. I was telling Justin this too is like the most expensive documentary that I've ever watched. And I watched it with my girlfriend, <laughs> and then after that, she made me go out and buy one of those five hundred dollar Garmin in reach. Like two-way communicators for the right. backwoods. Like, you're not going out there looking for some sky squatch without <laughs> one of these. And I'm like, oh, so uh, yeah. So I'm, now I'm out probably six, seven hundred dollars on that thing, just so I can text her from the woods, let her know I haven't been missing for one one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope not. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm hoping not too. Do you think that? Do you think that Sasquatch is part of that mystery? It could be, but like, still, I mean, it would actually blow your mind how easy it is for someone to get lost i mean um back i don't know probably let's say maybe 10 years ago maybe not even that long ago there was a person or two younger there were two younger girls who were hiking around horse thief canyon in drumheller and they ended up getting lost in that little canyon and had to get rescued so it's like what that area is not that big and it's right off the highway i mean people can get lost in areas that you wouldn't even believe just climb up the hill and you could see for miles. I know. I like That's how the crazy thing. you're creeping up on drum hell and you don't even know it's there. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. <laughs> then you drive down to the ditch and there you go. Like an oasis. I mean, you have those old cases like the Albert Osman story where he was hauled off one night in his sleeping bag. You know, whatever the creature was slung him over his shoulder and hauled him off for six days. You know, there's lots of old stories like that of Bigfoot actually taking people. And then you have all the old First Nations tales of kids getting snatched and women getting snatched from their TV. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, it could definitely be something like that. And of course, maybe it could be uh, UFO related. But, you know, it mo it's most likely people just genuinely getting lost because that happens very easily. And what about the people that try to shoot it? Have you had, uh, did you talk about in your show, uh, the ex or was that another one I was watching, where the people, you were talking about knowing people that have shot it or shot at it? I mean, I don't personally really know anyone who has actually shot at it. I mean, I have on Facebook, I, I'm friends with that Justin Smea guy who claims to have actually shot and killed a baby one. Oh, wow. You know, where he actually had it in his hands and he was looking at it. Really? Holy. Yeah, but I mean, apparently they ran uh, DNA tests on some blood that was on his boots, and it came back to be that of a black bear. So, I mean... At least it wasn't human. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the big fear, right? People are always scared that if they do shoot it, you know, it's either going to end up being a person in a suit and Some or... feral missing kid from the 70s. Yeah, and now you're a, a murderer. So Dang. I don't know. So what are some of your theories about what, I mean, what do you guys think that this is? It still surprises me that thousands and thousands of reports, I mean, I know we don't have really good good video, but video, and just like it back in the mid-90s, I always remember hearing when I was interested in UFOs, that, you know, you, you can only tell a, a, a photo is fake. You can't tell it's real. You can't prove it's real. You can only prove it's fake. So video is only going to get us that far. 
video or or, or photos, but the, video the thousands days are almost of witnesses, gone. the thousands of witnesses, and the people and the hunters that have been hunting for decades and that now will not go back into the woods because they've had an encounter. I mean, that's got. It's hard to believe people still just poo-poo this whole mystery. You know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you, like you have lots of hunters who have seen it and won't go back into the woods. You also have a lot of hunters who will say they've been hunting their whole lives and yeah, never yeah, seen, yeah. seen anything. I mean, but how long is hunting season? I can't, I can't tell you what it is. No, but you know, what, I, what, I, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, it's an interdimensional time traveler. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll go with the interdimensional thing. I mean, there's. But I do like how one of your guests, I think, uh, or one of the guys you're talking to, had some theories that um, made it just seem like it's it's really advanced, really advanced. Um, what was the words he was using? So it's not like it's interdimensional, but it's just super advanced. Um, he was basically nature, saying that like nature wise, you know, it's so highly adapted to where it lives, yeah, and its capabilities of, I guess, you know, existing the way it, it exists. It's so highly advanced and evolved in that sense that it would appear to a human to almost have supernatural ability. Right, right, yeah. You know, which I kind of, I agree with that. But at the same time, like the more I look into this and and the more cases that come out, especially of people talking about the interdimensional theories and the mind speak stuff, which is really weird, there's, there's more and more of that coming out, which is crazy. And it's kind of, you know, like the encounter on that guy's property where he actually seen it and we got called out to that. I, I can't explain that. And it almost made me feel like it had this weird supernatural element to it. So I don't know. I can't tell you if it's like a flesh and blood thing. It's yeah. something. Or, or both. It's, it's yeah. weird, whatever yeah. it is. Or both, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and all the cultures, all the, the ancient cultures that have had uh, myths about this thing and all around the world. I mean, you've got the Yowie and the Yeti and all these things. Like every culture almost has it. Not everyone, but most cultures seem to have this wild man. Maybe they're like know, the Nephilim. Aspect. Well, that's what I wonder is maybe it's like, uh, you know, an old ne- Neanderthal hybrid or something like that. Um, I don't know if it was you. Th- See, I'm getting all the, the, the stuff I've been watching lately mixed up, but <laughs> some really interesting theories about how we are, what part, like there's six, uh, Six lineages or something, and we're a hybrid for, from, uh, what is it, Neanderthal? Well, and, I'm thinking and, more uh, like the sons of the gods. Maybe there's, that's what the Bigfoots are. There's still a couple of them kicking around, just keeping an eye on us. The giants that didn't get killed off went to the woods? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've just been adapting there for, because weren't they immortal too? I don't know. Actually, well, that's what I, that's what I like about what we do too. Is like, we're not, we're not out there peddling certainty. I think those are the people that you need to be the most afraid of are the people that speak in uncertainties and like, this is the way it is. And this is, this is how, this is how it's going down. And, you know, this is like the gigantopithecus and came over on the land bridge. And the people that speak like that are the people that scare me. Um, Cause personally too, just as Justin mentioned is I've actually talked to multiple people, Canadians, Albertans, British Columbians specifically, who've all experienced uh, mind speak as well. Um, and this isn't, you know, these aren't people that, oh, I, I experienced this back in the 90s, the 2000s. These are people that I know and talk to right now and who, you know, probably out there in a lounge chair with their eyes rolling to the back of their head, you know, talking to them right now. So it's, it's, it's something that happens. And it's not that it's, I don't, 
I would challenge the idea that it, the people that are speaking about this, that it's happening more than it has in the past. I think that the people that it's experiencing to, or, or sorry, who are the experiencers for this part of the phenomena, they are just more willing to speak about it as it becomes a bigger chunk of the phenomena. Maybe. And I think there's, and the longer this mystery drags on, the more people you see go towards that camp. Cause uh, again, it's another side that offers answers instead of more questions. Maybe. I mean, but, but if it's anything like our CE five things, like it's been ramping up in the last couple of years, like, and I don't know if that's cause we're, we're more cohesive as a group or something. But I mean, I went to, I've, I've had that C-SETI card since the mid nineties. And I mean, I went deck, I went a lot of years without, without even looking into the stuff, but back in the day, like we never used to see anything and now we're seeing all kinds of shit. And so, I, I mean, you know, what's the difference between the mind speaking, like channeling or like, uh, like how would you describe it to somebody that's not familiar with it? Oh, I've never experienced that myself, but. You know, all I can say is that the the people that seem to be experiencing this um, uh, talk about it with the same credibility and sincerity as a person that will just describe yeah. to you their roadside crossing. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's just the same thing as a person hearing a voice in their head, but even people like Les Stroud have come forward about that in the last couple of years and talked about experiencing that on multiple occasions. Hmm. I think he, I think... <sighs> The last time he did a public podcast and he discussed that openly, I think he discussed that he'd experienced it four or five times. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it seems to be pretty selective about the phenomena there, the mind speak part of it. It seems to be very selective about who they pick and what they say. And it's usually very, what people report is very succinct messages, very straightforward, very blunt talk. Yeah. Hmm. Do you want to talk about, uh, Keenan was mentioning you had a couple of UFO sightings as well. I don't want to miss out a chance to, to hear about those. Uh, yeah, the most recent one was actually um, before, it, it was not too long before uh, we got the call where these things were on this guy's property just west of it. And it was actually along the same stretch of highway. This guy kind of lived right off the highway. And uh, I was actually driving back from Nordic. I was out there filming stuff. And so I, I had my camcorder even on my passenger seat just because I was out filming. And I'm driving down this road, this highway. It was getting pretty late. Like, it was dark out. It was in the winter. And it was actually kind of busy, too. There were cars behind me. And I'm driving towards the city. And uh, to my left, which would be to the north, there was this set of weird lights almost in like a diamond or a triangle shape or something like that so like all oh, those look kind of weird like just the way they're moving and, and the way they how bright they are they, they just looked strange and i also knew that in the general area there's the edmonton international airport so i'm always kind of suspicious of things in the sky that i see in that area like yeah. west of edmonton and southwest yeah. of edmonton. yeah but I was kind of keeping an eye on it and it was getting closer and closer to me as I was driving. And I'm like, okay, it's really starting to look kind of weird. So I actually pulled over and the thing's heading straight for me. And as it was like about to pass over me, I could actually see the shape of it, not just the lights, but the shape of whatever it was. And it was very weird, kind of like a layered structure to it wow. on the bottom. It was very strange. Like you could actually see that. So that kind of freaked me out. I ended up, getting my camera, running outside uh, to get a shot of it. But it was so dark 
I, I, it was just a really grainy image because I had the gain set all the way up. And also there was cars ripping by me. They, I think they thought that something wrong was wrong with my vehicle that I broke down. So people were kind of slowing down. And I didn't want to get hit, so I just went back in my car and, and continued on. But as I was driving, I could see it just continuing on. Wow. And it was really slow. As far as I could tell, I mean, there was some noise on the highway from traffic. But as far as I can tell, there was but just the fact that you could kind of see the shape of it and tell that it wasn't an airplane enough for me. Yeah. Maybe it dropped off those Bigfoot creatures on that guy's That's what property. I was thinking. <laughs> That's funny. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, isn't that interesting? I wonder if like, they're involved well, they, somehow. He was dropping they, off the Bigfoot repellers, getting ready to catch you. The, the, maybe. That was a synchronicity. The, you seen the mothership. <laughs> well, the Nordic area is like the Bigfoot hotspot in Alberta. But they also say that it's one of the UFO hotspots in Alberta, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah it is interesting, yeah. No. Sounds like prime C5 ground. Yeah. I love that meme about the, the little alien inside the Bigfoot, and the Bigfoot's like his 4x4 vehicle kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the saucer turns into. Like a transformer. So what are you guys what are you guys doing in the future? What's up next for you guys? Uh so we got the Grand Prairie thing. Yeah, okay. So um the last weekend of September, actually I was trying to pull up what weekend that was on. Because what I like about this is you guys are both kind of new in the in the whole thing, you know. It's only you've only been like twenty seventeen was your experience, so it's only twenty so it's only been yeah. a couple of years, right? Yeah, and we've already experienced quite a bit. I mean, we haven't had that, you know, that holy grail moment of a visual sighting either yeah. me or him, but yeah. I feel like we've been really successful with like how we've reached out to yeah. people and who we've been in contact with and the quality of reports that we've taken in. Yeah. But the next big thing coming up here is, and this is, I believe this is announced now. So on uh, September 27th, 28th and 29th, uh, this year we are uh, giving a public speaking engagement at the Grand Prairie Museum. The venue itself is not the museum. It's just, a, I believe it's a public facility uh, just adjacent to the museum itself. And uh, there'll be some other speakers there. We believe Thomas Steenberg's going to be there. I don't think he's confirmed, but uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum is confirmed uh, as a speaker there. And uh, Justin is going to be putting on a feature-length documentary uh, during one of the afternoons. And we're also going to be doing a 60 to 90 minute lecture on the history of sightings in Alberta. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. We'll send Graham up. Hey, I bet you we get Justin come to town for that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we got a couple of friends in the in the community. Down in Washington. Oh yeah. That's prime grounds downtown down there Wenatchee. too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wenatchee. So what about your channel and what uh do you want to talk a little bit about that and what you're doing in the future? Yeah. Um well lately what I've been trying to do is get to this certain location and i want to spend a prolonged period of time ah, okay it's it's a really hard area to get to and keenan knows that we we tried we made an attempt to hike out there recently and we only made it in something like 15 kilometers or so yeah we made it a little over 15 kilometers and you said it was what closer to 19 to get no, at the, the end it's 22 oh, kilometers wow in. yeah yeah so so hiking it's really rough uh but after we tried it, I actually ended up going in there on a quad, and it was still almost like a full day of riding. Uh, but the area is insane. So right now, I'm just trying to find the time where I can get out there and spend maybe a week or maybe 
see if anything happens because I've been told by uh, Ken Walker, the taxidermist, that that is the spot to be. And there's been rumors that a hunter had actually found a cave in that area uh, where he be- they believe that these creatures go in the winter and hide out and the cave is full of bones. And it just sounds like a really mysterious kind of, I don't know, story that you'd find in a, in a novel or something. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. It, I mean, you know, if you find those clues and those hints, go for it. You might, yeah, you never know. And if I find nothing, it's a really good camping trip, so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just out in the <laughs> wilderness. It's great to be in nature anyways. And as yeah, long as you don't exactly. scare the shit out of yourself out there. So would you go with yeah, somebody no. then or? Uh, I'm fine either way, yeah. honestly, but I don't want to become another missing 411 case. I, well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So you go out on your own quite a bit then or? Yeah. Like overnight? It's mostly, yeah, it's mostly a case of people in my area wanting to go camping <laughs> and you know there's not a lot of people who are into going to these bigfoot areas and actually spending the night yeah yeah but i don't know it's good to have an organization now like with the website and people like keenan and and rob and other people in the organization like-minded people who are actually willing to to get out and do these things it's just a, an issue of uh you know coordinating it people getting time off together exactly so yeah. If if I if we can't do that, I'm I'm totally fine. Yeah, it's a bit of a hard pitch a for some people. It's a hard sell too, right? You know, it's the idea where, all right, we're gonna go out to the woods. We're gonna stay sober. We're gonna stay up late. We're gonna try to attract in this apex predator, and we don't have a plan on what it sh- on what we're gonna do if it shows up. We'd be like a like a dog chasing a car. We wouldn't know what to do with one if we caught one. Yeah, it's a hard sell. Yeah, sign yeah. me up. I'm bringing a gun. I don't think we've. I don't think we've ever actually talked about what we would do yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because well, you're just, not going to catch. It's, like it's all going to change as soon as that uh, that infer sound hits you. You're all, you know, you're going to start puking anyways or something. Or that's why I need Graham. He'll be okay. <laughs> <You're getting knocked laughs> <over that. laughs> well, it does sound. Probably, I mean, it sounds. It's similar to the C five stuff we do. I mean, we go out there. We're looking for some contact, and we stay sober, and we try it. And yep. you know, I mean, we. Our plan is, you know, you you with love and light and some good intentions, and you know, you're gonna ask for, you know, whatever. Ride. I mean, ultimately, you you get a ride in the ship. You ask for a ride in the ship. You make some contact. You communicate. You try and like be a representative of Earth. You know. Hopefully, the aliens don't want to smoke a joint because you don't have one. <laughs> Did. Uh... I know this is probably a bunch of BS, but are are you familiar with the like the Billy Meyer case? Yeah, the UFO case. Yeah, in uh, his in in the contact notes that he came up with, he tries to explain like the origins of Bigfoot. Oh, I forgot about that. And it essentially comes down to a, a set of experiments, you know, between breeding humans and different creatures of the Earth, and it was kind of the result of that. From ET, no, yeah, it's like or a proto by, by ET, kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. That's interesting. What else was I going to ask about your trip? So you go out there. Um, so would you like? What are some of the techniques you would do? Because I mean, you, you know, you showed uh, in your in your movie your tree knocking, and you do that really. Well, I try I try doing that whoop. Sometimes we do that whoop, but it's really hard to hard to do that little whoop. But is there other things you would do like? Gifting? Would you put out some things like that, or is there other techniques? 
I don't know. I've tried all those things. Yeah. And the more I, I look into it, I just think nowadays it's not even worth doing almost. Like a lot of people do it and swear by it, but I think if you're out in these areas, first of all, they're going to know you're there pretty much immediately. So I, I don't think you really have to be banging on trees and doing that sort of thing because then they kind of figure like, oh, maybe they're after me. Or, well, or, may, just, or maybe maybe they maybe that you're trying to communicate with them too. Maybe, maybe but yeah. again, we don't know. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I the most it seems like most encounters happen when people are just minding their own business yeah. and doing the things they want to do. Like they're just camping with their family or they're doing this and that. I mean, that's when most of these encounters happen. It's not when people are going out trying to look for it usually. And the people who say they have encounters all the time when they're out looking for it are the people you got to watch out for. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think at least we've been in partial agreement, uh, me and Justin in the past about the idea that you can you can go to these areas where the experiences tend to cluster and they tend to happen quite a bit. You can be out there in a remote area in a small group. You you try to have that intention of not even necessarily peaceful contact, but just being out there and being in nature and enjoying yourself. And I think there's a few things you can do to maybe make your to differentiate yourself or be a little bit a little bit different, but not necessarily trying to go out and attract something like this, but I think one of the reasons we've tried the tried some of the wood knocking and tried some of the calling um, is because after you're out there for a while and nothing happens, something kind of inside you pushes you forward to want to do something a bit more active and a little less passive to feel like you're you're trying to engage them in some way at some point that passive approach to just minding your own yeah. business when your intention out there is to see one experience one film one, you know, it, it eventually it drives you to want to do something a little yeah. more, a little yeah. bit more proactive. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. And the other, the issue, and, the, okay. Well, the, well, sorry, the, I was just, uh, <laughs> I was just going right. to say the issue, the issue is that with everything we've tried, we've never had a response really that to trying any of those things, anything that's ever happened to me in my personal experience has been just by chance by me just being in an area so that's what i'm going off of i'm not saying it wouldn't work if if we tried those things yeah, i'm yeah. saying up until now it hasn't really done anything yeah no i would agree we should go local isn't there a place down like that that spot where we did the last c5 i took a picture there it was just the foggy place. i want to say that yeah the foggy place i don't want to say where it is just because i don't want to talk about the exact location on the he show i want to get stocked out down there I don't want any hoaxing. Groupies. I don't want any hoaxing going on. Like want to get Darren, Darren's gonna go out there and <laughs> I'm gonna put a Roman candle on a drone. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should go out one night uh, locally. We'll get Jason, our Sasquatch buddy, and we'll go out, like to that, like just you know, an hour or two away from Calgary, and I can show. I can show spots. you. I can show you uh, a multiple uh, eyewitness sighting location, t- twenty-five minutes from the southeast. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just five minutes beyond Brad Creek. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where we went, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should do that. Just go out and knock some wood. And- yeah, that's, and that's the other thing, too, is I mean, we, we've invested a lot of our time and our energy into going into some of these places that are four or five, six hours away. Just because we thought maybe, you know, we, we would give these places a shot, and because they were remote, we 
whatever, you know, we, we thought we'd have some like privacy to, to go out and try to experience these things without uh, mistakenly running into and bumping into other people. But the reality of it is, is that the majority of these encounters happen on like the fringes of just our civilization. And a lot of like the clusters for the sightings where we can identi- or identify clusters are just on or just outside of town, yeah. you know, and that, you know, that, that's a little bit scary sometimes thinking that, you know what, I can hop in my car from your studio right here. And in 40 minutes I could be, you know, wrapping on a piece of wood, wood on wood and out in the woods, um, you know, in, in the last place that a person, you know, described to me in an encounter. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Are you, are you going to be doing any more of like, uh, TV shows? Are you guys connecting with the greater community in North America at all? Or because you put some um, pretty mean, good documentaries together there, like yeah, I've I've been in uh, communication with like multiple production companies to try and get a show going, but it's always been a really long, drawn out process that never really ends to anything. But at this moment, I'm talking to a company actually in Edmonton, a local production company that are interested in doing something. So I think if it's going to happen, it's going to be like a a Canadian production. Yeah, like I've, I'm always skeptical of the, of the networks and the TV stuff. Like I don't, I from doing this over the years. I mean, most of the people we know of, they haven't had the best experience when they try and do something authentic, you know, in the in the mainstream sort of TV world. But but there's guys like we talked about before we started this, the small town monsters guys. We had Seth on a couple times, and they seem to just be able to. They they seem to have created their pretty own. Their own pretty cool company doing these types of things. Maybe you could connect with uh, something like that too, and do a Canadian version or something like that. Yeah, I've I've been talking to Seth for a while. He actually played uh, my first film at uh, the Minerva <laughs> Monster awesome. uh, days back in twenty sixteen, I think. Yeah, but yeah, he's been going hard with those films. It's, it feels like every few months he's working on something new, which is yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah, and I'm I'm glad to see him looking into. Bigfoot topic nowadays. So what would you do? Would you stick with, if you, if you hooked up with this company in Edmonton, would you stick with Sasquatch or? Hard to say. Really? No, I'm, I'm open to... to looking into other mysteries, but like Bigfoot's number one, of course, but I'm always down to look into other things. Um, I mean, I, I'm still pushing hard on the YouTube thing. I'm working on some stuff right now just for YouTube. Yeah. Documentary style films. So I'm going to keep going forward with that and kind of sharing my explorations with everyone still because that's everyone yeah yeah Yeah. right on do you guys have darren do you got anything else you want to talk about no no i can't well i want to go bigfoot hunting we'll have to all get together and go bigfoot hunting (laughs) do you guys have social media accounts yeah absolutely we'd love to take you out you guys have social media where listeners can track you down follow you around yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can find us uh, on Facebook by uh, just searching, searching Alberta Sasquatch Organization, or you can find us at sasquatchalberta.com or albertasasquatch.com in both domains. Okay. Or, yeah. or oh. Beast Mysteries on YouTube. Yeah, there's that guy so too. Subscribe to that. Yeah, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get links to that in the show notes for sure. And is there anything else you guys want to mention before we kind of wrap it up? Or? No, that'd be good. But you know what? Maybe we come back in a year and follow up with you too, because every year seems to bring a bunch of new stuff. Yeah, so, for like, sure. It, it's it's almost hard to summarize all of the cool stuff that's happened to us in just the last couple of years in just like an hour. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, we'd love to have you guys back. And if you're in Calgary at all, Justin, well, you know. By next time, we'll have, uh, we'll make sure we have air conditioning. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think it would definitely actually be worth all getting together and going on a oh for sure little adventure and maybe documenting it. Yeah, for sure. We'll do a show on it. Yeah, we'll do a show on it too. A little. Yeah, that'd be great. And if you're ever in Calgary, come by and visit and. Yeah. Come on the show, and uh, yeah, we should keep in touch for sure, and let us know how things are going, both you guys, and we can talk about it on the show. We do like an intro where we kind of talk about whatever we want before each episode. So yeah, yeah I'll go. Great, as long as I can bring my one hitter, we're down. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you'll fit in good with some of the people we know. Perfect. Graham doesn't let me fit in with his crowd because of it. <laughs> Persona non grata. That's okay. Start my own CE5 group, it'll be better. <laughs> You'll probably have a better chance of seeing something. That's right. I I've thinned the veil. I don't know. Sand it down. It's all your imagination, Darren. <laughs> I think it's your imagination sometimes, but that's okay. Everything starts as an imagination. Yeah. Everything starts in the imagination, even Bigfoot. All right. I guess that's about it, eh? Yeah, I think that's about it. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, come back on. anytime, and uh, yeah, let's st- let's keep in touch on that. Maybe we could go someplace like halfway between here and Edmonton. We'll just head straight into the mountains. Definitely, we'll drive. Well, to no- the- Nordeg's pretty. Nordeg's pretty much in the center, isn't it? Or is it too north? That's kind of in. Center, yeah. I guess. yeah, it's like center yeah. center west. We'll go there. We'll go there. We'll meet there in the hot spot. Yeah, Red Deer, yeah. well, Red Deer's like the midway point, and then you just head west from yeah. Red Deer, and yeah, that's perfect. That's Nordic right there. You there. Go. All right, let's do a night Saturday awesome. night. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right, All right, guys. Okay, come okay. back anytime. All right, no problem. Okay, see you, Dustin. Take care. Okay. Now is our chat with uh, Alberta Sasquatch and Mountain Beast Mysteries. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, it was great. Always yeah. good to get extra people in the studio. Yeah, it's we still got Keenan here. What do you think, Keenan? It was fun. Did you have a good time? Yeah, no, it was great. I was uh, I was glad to come in too. This yeah. is, uh, I think this is the first podcast I've done. So, oh, right on, good. Yeah, hopefully you're great, great, uh, great speaker, great at uh, spreading the message and all. That. It was awesome. It was yeah. Really good. We're glad to pop your podcast, Jay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and it. It totally ex- it does excite me about the phenomenon to get out and do that and just spend some time in the. And you know the what? Woods. The sweltering heat has brought back some memories of when we were in the uh, walk-in it. freezer in the garage. Yeah. We used to get hot in there with two people. Yeah, that's good. Now we we'll get air conditioned eventually. GrandAmerica.ca/support. Big thanks to you guys for listening, for supporting. GrandAmerica.ca/support. Check out all the links, guys. There, we got Patreon, we got Stripe, we got PayPal. Uh, or you can just leave us a review. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Spam Graham, com. Sign people up for the newsletter. Get some swag. GrahamAmerica.ca slash swag. Get a shirt. Get the some chats. Sweaters. Join the chats. Join the chats. GrahamAmerica.ca slash chats. Hop in there. Say hi. I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Baby, you're just a single solitary drop in the bucket, baby. You're just a drop in the bucket, baby. 
Just a single solitary drop in the bucket, baby
million dollar house up for sale back in my hometown think I'll buy it up with my good charm buy myself a dog to be my best friend there's a million dollar house up for sale back in Of a dog to be my best friend. There's a million dollar house.